Oh, Munya, so you're back in New York City. Uh, you were in town for a week, you know, since your yep. sister was uh, graduating college. Yeah, thanks uh, for coming out uh, and supporting, guys. The, and, that was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, yeah, me, Greg, Bren, we all went down to the Munya household to see what a functional family looked like. And, oh, did we see it ever. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I got to say... I I was a little creeped out by the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> People were being supportive. They were giving loving toast to each other's achievements and then clapping. I, it was not look, one person Brian. gave an underhanded uh, speech that just <laughs> basically made light of anything that anybody had done. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, if anything, you're overselling it, Brian. Like all you need to know is that they all seem to feel comfortable in each other's presences. Like, like <laughs> just that alone is what made me unsettled. Uh, so multiple <laughs> generations of a family, an extended family at that, you know, all sort of happily enjoying each other's company. Uh, disturbing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we we did get to meet Munya's sensei, uh, yep. who taught us about the way of the fist. Um, who who, by the way. When Brian asked him, how long have you been doing karate? And I jumped in and said, I just sized up his age really quick. And I was like, since Karate Kid came out. And he did not laugh. But he did say, what did he say? 38 years ago? For he 38, said 38 years? years ago. <laughs> yep. and, and the second I got home and had a little free time, like minutes after walking in the door, I pulled my phone out. Uh IMDb'd when Karate Kid came out and then sent Greg a text he sent showing me a the picture, date like Kid a screenshot of on his calculator uh, 2023 <laughs> minus 38 and it's like damn damn like six months later this man <laughs> this child was in a was in a gi and um uh I you know what can I say I like it when I peer into someone's soul uh whether they like it or not you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was amazing you know um, uh if you are listening sir uh you're a cool guy though it's, yeah it's fine. totally, it's, totally. like we all liked karate kid it's totally cool. <laughs> but the real story is well and like you know unlike almost everyone else who watched karate kid uh dedicated his life to it after that and stuck with it yeah oh uh, yeah no real uh my brother watched gleaming the gleaming the cube uh, begged my parents for a skateboard, rode it twice, and then I think eventually we rolled it down a hill and a car ran over it. So <laughs> it had a follow through on uh, pop culture. So and, and you got to respect, um, you know, doing like traditional style of karate instead of the, you know, the the gimmicks that we kind of see now too. Like I think yeah, that we, that's kind of cool to like. <laughs> we did learn that Mudia Mudia apparently was educated in a lunch pail style of karate. You know, no yeah. flash. Not you know, like yeah, not we trying to make a spectacle any floors, out there. But yeah, no. I mean, it was it was very like traditional. No sweeping karate. the leg. <laughs> 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 but the funniest part is that we confirmed uh, several suspicions that me and Greg had, which is the second that Munya left JFK airport to fly to Seattle is when the smoke hit New York City and Munya's plane just skated out out of the airport. No problems whatsoever. And we're telling him and this at, at the party, right? We're like, hey, perfect. Yeah. Munya, the, 
the charmed man just perfectly escapes the hellish smoke in New York City. And like that, that would have been enough. That would have been enough. We're all laughing it up. And <laughs> we're then, making jokes. The second you get back, it's all going to go away. Uh, Munya, what happened when you flew back to New York? So I was kind of getting worried because I was, I thought, like smoke <laughs> well, <why>? here. <laughs> you know, like smoke here. Well, like, I mean, to be well, honest. He doesn't worry like we but, worry, like, Brian. You know, he says, um, I got worried. He mean, like, it occur- yeah, occurred to yeah, him you know, that something bad could happen. He didn't have any kind of, like, pit in his stomach like we live it, with day in and day out. Yeah. Okay? Munya's going to be the new... He's gonna be the new face of Alfred P. Newman, you know. It's just gonna be a picture of Moody going, "What me worry on t-shirts?" You know? <laughs> on, on, I'd buy yeah, it. I mean, yeah. When I say worry, I mean I had to like think about it. Like I had to pay pay mind to it, basically. And you know, I was like, you know, the smoke is now it's day three. People are still like posting the the um dark orange like Blade Runner twenty forty nine type photos, and I'm like, oh well, you know, it's still there. Um. But it rained the night before I uh, took off. So when it rained, it cleared up. And But then I saw a notification on my phone saying, oh, well, you know, the rain cleared it up now, but the smoke's going to come back. Um, it's been about uh, two days now, and uh, it's pretty fresh. So, you know, <laughs> I think I successfully dodged, like, the beginning and the end of the smoke. As, like, if I didn't have... If we were at a time before, you know, the internet... I probably wouldn't have even known that this happened if I didn't ask people how how the week was when I was gone. You know, <laughs> there's zero indication that like the Blade Runner event happened. You, okay, yeah, it was just you're totally so, blown away as your plane flew in. <laughs> you, you can't leave New York anymore because if you when if you go to this wedding in Greece now, <laughs> some like Ukrainians are going to smuggle a briefcase bomb into New York and nuke it to blame the Russians. Uh, and started. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they they yeah. have a playbook. Obviously, you know, they know how to execute that pretty well. But yeah, um, if, you, if you had moved to New York in 2001, you could have saved us all a lot of trouble. I gotta say, it makes, <laughs> it makes you think. <laughs> like, where was I? Right. Hey, you noticed that uh, that plane didn't run into the you know Columbia building. You know, downtown, the Columbia yeah. Tower was unscathed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And the, I mean, well, to be fair, your Lubbock um, fucking football game was unscathed too, right? Because, you know, first they came for the Pentagon, then they came for the World Trade Center. Now they're coming for the Lubbock Expedition Mash uh, football game. I feel that was like, you know, like the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? Where they were heading towards Lubbock, but the cloud cover was just too much. Yeah. New, York, New York City was eight towns down the list, you know? Yeah, right. like, it just happened to have the right. Like, you know? uh, I guess, I guess. Yes, you know, we really wanted to take out the fucking Lubbock football game. (laughs) Yeah, but yes, Munya, you continue to live a blessed life. Welcome back to the Mechanical Freak Show. Re- you know, reporting live from Seattle, Washington, slash New York, slash uh, the ocean, Greg's home, uh, to talk about neoliberalism today. Guys, guess what? Uh, I, to- I totally fumbled the fucking intro to the show, which is uh, all the more, uh, you know, telling or whatever, because it's our 200th episode. Can you believe Ooh, it? My oh, goodness. My God. 
200 wow. episodes of Mechanical Freak. Uh, gotta be like 500 episodes of all of on this on this RSS feed um, of the various yeah. shows. But yeah, 200 episodes of Mechanical Freak. Yeah, I think we had uh, definitely hit 200 episodes of Seattle Sucks, which is why we were like, oh, maybe we should change the name. So, <laughs> hey, guys, uh, maybe new name incoming. <laughs> We'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. New name to alienate everyone even more, uh, confuse everyone, uh, and and you know the, this is a uh, this is where they bring in the McKinsey consultant to fire me and bring a new mic in too. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, they fire me, please. <laughs> they just needed. Yeah, they, they're doing a you I'll know strategic restructuring. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, retirement. Look, uh, maybe we can have a person available for the the next mic, the next open mic, uh, because, look, last week we talked about our favorite, uh, you know, running against Andrew Lewis for city council, Olga Sagan. But guys, since we discussed her campaign, how much we supported it, how we thought she was a lock, uh, some things have happened. Can you believe it? Oh, man. And... I just want to read this uh, to you. This is from The Stranger, their uh, electoral board or whatever the fuck they like to call it, uh, met with some of the new city council candidates. Uh, They asked them all some questions and they asked Olga who she voted for in 2020, the presidential election. And I'm just going to read this. This it's about four paragraphs, five paragraphs of The Stranger here. Let let me just get through it because there's, there's a lot of twists and turns here, guys. So they ask her who she voted for, and here we go. Sagan, however, did not provide an answer so readily or really at all. At first, Sagan said, quote, I don't think I voted for anyone in a very long time. Sagan's civic engagement has been less than stellar, having not voted for city council or for mayor since 2013. Relatable, honestly. But records (laughs) show she did vote in the 2020 general election. (laughs) Exactly. Honestly, I, at first, I was like, you know, I would have believe I would believe that she just didn't vote, but uh, she's been caught by records. Big government gets her again. Still, she initially said she did not vote for president. The stranger pressed her again, and the story changed. Her consultants told her she did vote, and she remembered looking at a ballot, but she does not remember who she picked. She was too busy allegedly working 100 hours a week to pivot her local business, Proshki Proshki, during the ongoing pandemic. Sagan, yeah, that means that the business was failing. Sorry, oh. if you're working t- 100 hours a week, that, that's that's rough for you. That, that's, it, that's rough for you. Selling shitty food to tourists uh, into collecting uh, PPP money from the federal government. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, well, that pivot generally means means some sort of change in the business plan. It's like the business plan didn't change at all. That's her entire complaint. <laughs> <laughs> so she can't just run the game plan. But anyways, Sagan grew defensive as the stranger continued to pry. She said if she did vote, she would not have voted for Trump because he is a, quote, crazy ass person. At the same time, she claimed her past voting decisions were usually uneducated Hey, same. Uh, she called yeah. elections a quote popularity contest because she would typically Classic. vote for the name she heard more from her friends in the business community because she was a self-described quote horrible person who did not care about elections. <laughs> in the case of 2020, she said the business community championed one unspecified candidate. Sagan ended the conversation by saying 
she would not answer the question. And then later in the meeting, she brought it up again. She shamed the stranger election control board for asking the most, quote, divisive political question. She said she was not raised to be a politician and thus did not have a sneaky, a squeaky clean record. Quote, I did not appreciate you asking the question because it has nothing to do with the values that I carry. (laughs) I mean, uh, you could just twist that right back. Or like it has exactly to do with the values you something a carry really isn't the right word there, honey. But um, you are running for office. Okay, masterclass. Uh, I mean political masterclass. Sorry, Seriously. that's that's amazing. I wish she could. I wish she could be on the city council. But like, I think what we're learning here is like, yeah, that's just just not happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about it, though, is like it's like when you ask your idiot boomer parents when you were a little kid, like, who did you vote for? And they're like, oh, well, uh, the secret ballot is sacred. Uh, so I'm not telling you, <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. That is such a perfect. I mean, this is what I got, you know, from reading her interviews in the various papers last week or whatever is that she's a total neophyte who's just like like way out of her depth like uh which she keeps saying she's like I'm dumb I don't I don't vote I've never cared about any civic matters ever uh I just I just do what the quote unquote business community tells me to I guess that's the chamber uh you know like got a lock on mm-hmm. her vote is what that means um but like the the like how dare you ask me about who I voted for is such a like such a weak, like normie, just like naive, like naive response. Like, of course, they're going to fucking ask you that. And she showed obvious weakness because the the bolder gambit at that point would to be to tell the stranger, you know, it's illegal for you to ask me that. I just picturing her like you know bring it up halfway through like hey you know it's very divisive that you asked me that and then realizing that that didn't go over very well like sinking down their seat sitting for another 45 minutes and then just slamming the table and going i should have lied i should have <laughs> yeah. lied I just yeah <laughs> like realizing political instincts like on the fly like just like gaining those immediately um is cool because it, it kind of almost felt like a little like a South Park coded tirade for a second, you know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, it's just a popularity contest. You know, it was <laughs> like Gen X. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like it is just very Gen X in a lot of ways. What I like, I like complaining. It's just a popularity contest. It's a vote. It's literally a popularity contest. It's literally yeah. what it is. What's your point? Who did you vote for? Who? <laughs> why are you running? Are, what are you doing running for office if that's your analysis? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, you're you're basically running and asking people, uh, tell us who you like more. <laughs> that's literally a popularity contest. <laughs> yeah. Just it's, incredible. It's, it's almost like irrelevant. Like, did she vote for Trump? I, I think you got to assume she did. But who knows, really? Like, <laughs> her response was so stupid. I guess it really could be anything. Honestly, yeah. And I mean, like, the response was just like so dumb that it really could have been that what she said was real. But is that what, like, I that kind of makes it honestly worse for someone running for city council? I mean, 
the, what, what boggles my mind is when people run with a really nakedly transparent lack of principles, right? Like I respect someone who even like will run with principles I straight up disagree with, think are bad and think that they are going to ruin, you know, the city and set the clock in the wrong direction. Right. Like, um, but that's someone who's coming with, you know, ideas and a point of view. Um, people who are just like, cause I've seen this before multiple times with people running for local offices. They're like, I mean, I know someone who like ran and they didn't have any platform on their website. And, you know, so I kind of asked them like, you know, what are you like? Well, what, what are you actually like standing for? He's like, Oh no, I'm developing my platform, but I'm like, you know, I'm developing it by meeting with like a lot of key stakeholders first, you know, mm-hmm. it's like running, saying like, Oh yeah, the business community is going to like, tell me what to put in here. Like, it's like, can you like, like put some effort into it, man? You know, couldn't, couldn't they like, have yeah. told you that like before yeah, tell you it ran? before like, and then like be someone who give, had already been told that and, and then give run me the illusion that these are like, you believe this stuff, right? I mean, like, to, to, <laughs> like, Capital's so comfortable now, like running these people who like seem to just like pop out of like a whack-a-mole hole. And they're just like, yeah, I guess like you should do it. Uh, Announce your candidacy. And uh, I guess we'll teach you how to, you know, run a campaign. You know, it's just like (laughs) the worst gang of freaks coming from like Capital all the time. Whether whether it's like Egan O'Ryan, whether it's like any of these guys, it's like, you know, like where do they find these weirdos? Don't they have like any like normal, just like kind of like, you know, People like Alex Peterson, honestly, who are just kind of like, you know, boring real estate guys. Like, don't they have like a whole army of those guys instead of these like weirdos who they keep on running? Like, I don't know. Well, in the case (laughs) of Egan O'Ryan, they were like trying too hard because like to find like something, some kind of X factor or some kind of relatability or something to to counter Shama's like unstoppable force in the case with with. Sagan, it's like, I think they just throw shit against the wall, see what sticks. Like, yeah, some small business tyrant, like, makes it into the news by saying, like, exactly what the chamber, like, wants to be said in the news. Like, as we talked about, just regurgitating this stuff. Great. Jitter up. Why not? Yeah. Convince it. Run. See what happens. Well, now they know. Now they know she's just too, (laughs) like, she's not, like, even cynical, though. Like, I'm just going to wait for the chamber to tell me. She's just ignorant. She's just, like, has no. She's just like deeply out of her depth. And I mean that in just a practical and insulting way. Yeah. (laughs) What I guess like the thing is too, is that she just, she doesn't got the juice. Like a a true killer who knows how to run a campaign and get elected would have lied instinctually after being asked the question. And even after she like fails to answer it several times and it gets really embarrassing and she's like, uh, don't bring this up again. She kind of like gave herself a get out of jail card right there and that they're not going to bring it up again. But then she brings it up again. And it's like, you, <laughs> I, I just don't think the instincts are there. Uh, unfortunately, our early pick for District 7, uh, I, I'm start I'm starting to fade on them. It's like I'm getting bad news from training camp and I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing here. You yeah, know. we're gonna have to find another another horse to back in the race. Yep, Andrew, uh, you know you're back in it. You're back in contention for the freak bump. All right. Yeah, well, he needs to. He still needs to take me up on my uh, on my wager for him to play play me in Civ. Uh, and whoever <laughs> you know wins has to defund the police. 
still hasn't hit me back. He was playing Civ while they were voting on defunding or not. Someone caught him on Steam. That's I awesome. would totally wipe the floor with him, though. Oh, my God. Please. <laughs> well, Give Andrew me a Lewis, chance, Andrew. You, you've heard it here again when he is once again putting down the gauntlet. Uh, if you can beat him at Civ, uh, Munya will uh, go to a different dojo and learn to sweep the leg. He'll he'll become yep. Dark Munya. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll be break. <laughs> I'll be breaking the plywood boards, like you know, <laughs> all of those things. Well, from Olga Sagan, future third Mike on the show, uh, to another Seattle favorite local business, Molly Moons is in the news, guys. Uh, you know, oh, what famous, year is it? Famous. <laughs> <laughs> famous uh, purveyor of seattle ice cream molly moons um, yeah it's just okay also <laughs> it's run by a, a small business tyrant named molly moon if you can believe it that's real um i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry to tell you yeah, but, um, i don't like it uh <laughs> you hate to hear it <laughs> i had for the first time ever recently i tried the their like signature ice cream flavor was that was that with yeti? me no no it was uh, a couple no. weeks ago oh okay what, what, is, what is the yeti, yeti Greg? i don't like, i don't know their full flavor like, profile i went there one time figured i could miss it from them it's like vanilla ice cream with like granola in it oh fuck that get the fuck out of here and i'm here to say it sucks. It's just like gritty. It's like it's like yeah. ice cream, but with sand. no. That doesn't sound good. It's not good. And I'm not uh, even a Molly Moon's hater like that. I mean, I think that Molly Moon's is better. Like, there's so what I realize is in like major to like second tier cities, like you know, or in our case, like a third tier city like Seattle. Um, wow, third tier city. He gets class. old when he leaves the city. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kid, I kid, I kid. But like, you know, in like major US cities, there is like the local ice cream shop that they have. Like, you know, in Columbus, it's Jenny's, uh, which Joe Biden likes to frequent. Um, and <laughs> Jenny's is kind of like bigger now, but they used to be on the on like the tier like Molly Moons where they were like, you know, a, a local ice cream chain. I got to say that I like uh, Molly Moons like more than Jenny's ice cream. Um, and Jenny's is like, you know, bigger now um but you know there is like this like they have the same kind of like sans serif like millennial type of a you know interior design and branding and like you know slogans and stuff with like the ice cream that like is kind of made in a similar tier i i i've been eating molly moves for a while like i their stuff isn't bad compared to what like i think other cities that have their local ice cream chains are right. Like, um, but that vanilla granola thing, get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> no, but get some of the hell out of good, here. But like, I finally tried. I never, I By always way, looked at it and I was like, no, no. You always see it like in the grocery no, store. Yeah, it's like one of their flavors. It's their top. It's one of their main flavors. Like all the time. It's the only like weird one. It's like of all their like basic, like, Oh, we make this all the time. That's the one that has a cute name. So I guess, you know, that, to me, that means it's the main one. And it's like, it's it's sandy ice cream, like get the and like <laughs> New New York's is even worse. We have like Van Leeuwen's and um that ice cream. I I think that New York is an ice cream desert. I'll say it right now. There's no good <laughs> ice cream in New York, and like the Molly Moons of New York is Van Leeuwen, and man, 
I, uh, they have basically, yeah, it's just like, it's just not good. Brian, um, it again. Yeah. Hey, New York, uh, uh Low qual low on the list of food cities. Not a not a place to get food. Don't go to New York for the food. I've only ever been yep. vindicated uh, in that opinion. <laughs> and when I say it on Twitter, everybody always agrees with me. Well, All right, you so- guys, you guys need to like say that to like. I think there's like Stockholm syndrome of people living in New York. Because when I like no, float people in New York take, are out of their fucking minds. No, like, I literally yeah. float that take to people like who live there, thinking that they're gonna be like, oh yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, I, I think I, your guys' take is like, it's like number 20 in the US, yeah. right? Like, I say that, and I mean, it gives audible gasps whenever I say that. <laughs> yeah, people I don't really fucking, fully believe it as much as you guys Indiana, do. Who, are li- who, you know? lived, who moved to New York and live nowhere else are like, oh, no way. This is, this is an incredible food city. Well, Craig, uh, you, you think it's that, but that's not what it is. It's actual native-born New Yorkers to believe this. And the reason is... Oh, but they just think for, New York's the greatest of everything, and they've never also never been anywhere. Well, and they yes, win this year award, too, right? So, like, you know, every year except for this yeah. year. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that, like, you... Uh, when you hang out with New Yorkers or legit, like, born in New York, raised in New York, New Yorkers, one thing you learn is they've never left the city literally ever yeah. in their entire lives. <laughs> and, like, the way that you would go to another state, like, you know, if you grew up in Washington, maybe you'd be like, oh, I've been to, like, California and Oregon, all this kind of... The way you do that is, like, how New Yorkers just go to other boroughs. Yeah. Like, yeah, when I was like, you know, in fifth grade, you went my to parents Queens. took me on a vacation. You trip to or- Astoria. <laughs> it, like, so it's, you know, their opinions can be thrown in the trash because, like, they literally are based on nothing. They're just based on the other boroughs of New York. Whenever New Yorker tells you this is the best of the country or the best of the world, what they really mean is of the five boroughs I've been to, each one I've been to exactly one time for a single weekend, other than the one I was born in. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think this is the best. But yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. But anyways. Right, what the hell were look, we talking New York, about? New York is not on trial here, guys. It's Molly Moons. All no, right? it's the city of no, Seattle. No, the city is on, is on trial. trial. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Molly Moons is taking the city of Seattle to trial. And uh, I'm just going to read you the quick overview of their case here. They're filing. Well, I can't wait. uh, This is in the case of Molly Moons versus the city of Seattle. Plaintiff. Be serious. (laughs) Plaintiff Molly Moons Handmade Ice Cream LLC, Molly Moons, hereby alleges as follows. One, the rights of free speech and to peaceably assemble are enshrined in our constitutional tradition. Oh, that's nice. Okay. I, I don't that's know what, nice. what you need to sue right. the city over that for. <laughs> that's <laughs> what, weird. what if that was just it? That'd be awesome. <laughs> 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 the city must acknowledge. Um, plaintiff supports free speech rights. Oh, that's nice. And yeah. the efforts of organizations such as Black Lives Matter. Okay, good. I, uh, so nice. long as there's nothing more. Oh, there's some more text. Oh, wait, do I hear a oh. coming? Who, by exercising such rights, are bringing issues such as systemic racism and unfair violence against African Americans by police to the forefront of the national consciousness? Oh, again, all very nice. Okay, cool. Specifically, plaintiff supports the free speech rights of many of those who gathered on Capitol Hill to form what has been called CHAZ, standing for the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHOP, meaning the Capitol Hill Organized Protest, or Capitol Hill Occupy Protest. I love legal They support many of those, not the outside agitators, I assume. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. And so now we're going to be clear here. 
This lawsuit does not seek to undermine CHOP participants' message or present a counter-message. Rather, this lawsuit is about plaintiffs' constitutional and other legal rights of which were overrun by the city of Seattle's decision to abandon and close off an entire city neighborhood, leaving it unchecked by the police, unserved by fire and emergency health services, and inaccessible to the public at large and then materially uh, support and encourage a hostile occupation of that neighborhood. The city's decision subjected businesses, employees, and residents of that neighborhood to extensive property damage, public safety dangers, and an inability to use and access their properties. So, yes, uh, they support everything that Black Lives Matter is for and all that kind of stuff, except they hate when it that's exercised in any way. And this, in the year of our Lord, 2023, they demand restitution. <laughs> so, right. So there's, they're suing the city for damages for lost business. Now, you got to figure, like, some of those days, they probably did great. But they did say they, they closed on some days, including the 4th of July, because of immediately preceding like actual homicides in the park. Uh, and, you know, so yeah, there's this whole big preamble, like, no, 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 we're on the side of, you know, Black Lives Matter. They're also like, you know, they do have an image. Uh, right now, like they're, they've got, they're all prided out, you know, they've all their, their seasonal flavors are like a rain, make add up to a rainbow Sunday. Um, there's this funny, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of our favorite dorks who's so irrelevant we just forget he exists um jason rance posted like this sign they picture this sign they put up during this period um it says police officers molly moons is a gun free zone please do not come in here if you're wearing a firearm and he's like oh the the uber left molly moons ice cream owner made it clear it didn't support cops this sign was posted to tell cops not to enter their shop while declaring online that it supported divesting funds from Seattle police. Now they're suing over Antifa and BLM activism. <laughs> so, you know, Rance here is making a point about some a hypocrisy here. And I think that's, you know, because there is that, you know, the evidence in the past that they've at least paid some lip service to, like, supporting, you know, uh, causes we might also support uh do also support you know defunding the seattle police department etc black lives matter um and certainly you know that's the first read like because i mean what it almost it's like what kind of you know the question is like what kind of grift are they up to here like mm -hmm. like three years later like is this like if you're not a weird right wing shithead who's like obsessed with the chop like using it as like a political launch pad of some sort or just an obsession which yeah would seem to be undermined by the very you know this the sort of previous attitude and toward blm like is it just like uh a, some lawyers came to them like went to as are there going to be more of these that are going to drop from all of the businesses on the hill mm -hmm. in the coming months that is just like trying to get some money out of the city? Like, after all these time, like, I mean, what do you think? Like, is it just a grift? Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, to me, this just reads as a pure money grab. Uh, 
obviously for three years this wasn't bothering molly moons in any way i I, i'm I'm caught by the whole like uh the public wasn't allowed into the area or whatever uh i'm a member of the public i i went down there plenty of times uh you could easily get in and out and there's tons of foot traffic and people going and getting ice cream at goddamn molly moons their business is probably up during that time period yeah uh they do say in the complaint they had to close on the fourth of july or they chose to because of the murders in the area now like there, there, there's violence and homicides occasionally in the area. I mean, yeah, whatever. But you know, it it wasn't. It was. It's. It was the kind of like whatever your opinion about, like as a small business tyrant, like whatever your opinion about Black Lives Matter or even like the the sane proposal of defunding the police. Um, the whole situation did like create an atmosphere of instability and unpredictability that as someone operating a business like you know with a location right there is going to feel in a certain way and like liability and like it's not what they like it's not what they like right so you can see like the duality there like being like in support of this but also being really frustrated by the unpredictability of the whole situation yeah i guess my point is if uh this really was the uh giant you know problem that they're claiming in this case it's just a little strange that they produced it three years later now what was interesting is maybe the day before all this came out i actually was down on the hill uh foolishly i might add but was down on the hill and i walked by the sultan straw that's down there which is the the new Mm. hot ice cream stand Mm. And the line was out the out the shop. People were people were loving it. Um, there's like a Ballard location and a whatever location, but people were loving it. Uh, I just think that more competitions come in. Molly Moons doesn't sell as much ice cream as they used to. They need some money, and just like every other business has learned, uh, just complain about crime, right? Yeah, it's just old, old Sagan, except. Not yeah. too, not stupid enough to run for office. Just got a lawyer yeah. and it's doing the city, you know. Yeah, they're just saying, "City, give us some money." That's that's all they're doing. It's like the city should just give us money. Um, why? Uh, I don't know. Uh, here's a made up reason, but the city just owes us money for you know reasons. And I think this is the thing that's like this is what makes it a quintessentially small business tyrant thing is that uh, this is this is how like businesses run generally is just constantly hand out to the state saying just give us money why uh who knows just give it to us why why are you letting those people have it over there it's just give it to me you know and to me it just seems like a cash grab i i you know there doesn't seem to be anything in the suit that's particularly you know uh uh, indicative of them you know they don't give any figures or anything that's for sure and also at the same time like three years later well they'll have to if they take this to court, they'll have to show damages, you know, of course. they'll have to claim damages. I think they're looking for a settlement, though. I don't think oh, they yeah. plan on going to court. I think they're looking for a settlement. I mean, they'll they'll probably yeah. have to, you know, well, use those. They'll have to claim what, those what do you... in that negotiation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, whether it's settled or it goes to court, like, they'll still have to find a number, which means that they'll have to show some damages. But, I mean, that's kind of the easy part, honestly. Yeah, yeah any accountant can do that. But, yeah. but like, the... Because, yeah, even like with closures on the 4th of July, right? Like you can just say that that's lost, uh, you know, X amount of however many days, you know, on the 4th of July, it's like a big day. So, I mean, there's so many ways to slice it. 
Um, I'm wondering like why they didn't just jump on that sooner when everyone else was kind of jumping on the grift, you know, like you would think that, uh, like who, who wakes up three years later and is like, uh, you know, I, I guess this is like the best opportunity we can have. It's like the moment's kind of passed, hasn't it? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like maybe like 2021 could have still done it. Yeah. I don't know the law works really, but like, you know, I mean, yeah, if you get this in front of a judge, uh, aren't they just going to be like, wow, it's kind of weird that you're doing this so late. Yeah, it's like, like you guys didn't realize this, like, after, like, three annual reports on your finances. It's just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, I you know, my best guess is uh, they're losing money. They're losing money for the same reason that every business is losing money, which is the rents have gone up and, like, you know, traffic and a lot of these places has gone down. And uh, their answer to this is, again, just to go to the city with their hand out and say, just give us a pile of money. Give me money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, congrats on the grip. 0.1% of uh, all businesses. Yeah. And I mean, fuck, I mean, this is probably just going to do a settlement and give them a bunch of money. So, you know, congrats. Congrats on the grip. Um, once again, I feel we're very stupid as a podcast. How have we not gotten on this? Just yeah, like I mean, some, loans. Some, we missed the PPP. I mean, we could we could really just be rolling in it right now if we <laughs> we pr- well you know if we practice what we critique you know like we say that we know this but we don't put it into practice ever. We 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 of all people know all of the games that these businesses play, all of the grifts. We know that there's zero accountability for any, especially small business tyrants. You know, like they could just kind of run free. With all that knowledge, uh, we're still not getting our bread up, and that's honestly on us. Well, that's what makes us true cranks, you know? Yeah. We see the pathway, we choose not to take it, because we know we'd be giving up our crankhood in the process, right? You know? Well, we, we need to build it up. We need to, we need to build up the crank creds because every time we reject it, the crank gets stronger, right? It mm-hmm. gives more credibility. We need to build it up to the point where when we do cash it out, the the return has to just be tremendous. You know, this is like table stakes <laughs> we're talking about here. Um, we're, we're having our eye on the big prize, you know, kind of like a pump and dump scheme in that way. Like, you know, we could just cash it out at, at 20 cents, but Hey, we're pumping this, we're pumping this up to $10. We get, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta hold the line guys. <laughs> well, well, I don't know what the big cash out would be for for um for us for us to sell out our crankery, um, but it's gonna be epic, guys. Mm-hmm. That's right, Molly Moons, all the ice cream. Well, I've I've got a uh, I've got a contra theory. Well, let's hear it. You know, of maybe another crank looking up at the same crank moon. <laughs> See, when I read that Jason Rance post you know like talking about how you know this is this great hypocrisy like because they they were so they were this was an ultra left antifa blm business that was against the cops i think what if he's right what if that isn't bullshit but uh, let me go back to the uh the complaint here Plaintiffs' constitutional and other legal rights, blah, 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 which were overrun by the city of Seattle's decision to abandon mm-hmm. and yeah, close off here, an entire city neighborhood 
leaving it unchecked by police, unserved. I mean, true, those things did happen. They did abandon the East Precinct and then pull out of the neighborhood and cordon it off from blocks and blocks away. They did. The city did prevent uh, fire and emergency services from, like, coming in. And uh, they did materially support and encourage a hostile occupation of the neighborhood. Now, they've spent the entire page above this speaking in solidarity with the the protesters, the whole things. And that, you know, we could see as a way to, like, wash what they're going to say here, the calling the chop a hostile occupation of the neighborhood. But guys, there was a hostile occupation of the neighborhood. It was the <laughs> fucking city. It was the fucking pigs. Do you remember? Yep. That is what happened. They did hostily occupy the neighborhood. They fucking gassed the neighborhood for days on end. They ran around all night, like blaring their sirens. They caused this like violent uh, interaction here. And what has happened in the last three years? Well, continually more and more information has come out uh, from text messages, Carmen Best writing a book and being a fucking moron uh, in interviews, uh, other bits and pieces have dripped out, but the city's never actually answered any real fucking questions from anybody about this shit, like on a serious level. Like, why the fuck was the precinct abandoned and what does that imply? And like, why, how were they allowed to just gas this whole fucking neighborhood? Is it possible that this crank is suing the city to get, like, into evidence all this fucking information to be able to actually ask the questions to get, like, discovery on, like, the insane shit that went down that the city did, that the cops pulling out, cordoning the neighborhood, hoping the fucking precinct would get burned down a block away from Molly Moons, and then fucking gassing, uh, you know, uh, I guess, it, no, it was previous to that, gassing the neighborhood for days on end. Uh, God, it's been so long now, I'm I'm actually forgetting this thing that I was obsessed with for a long time. But in any case, it's all of a piece, right? All this, all this insane shit that was going on. The city's decision subjected businesses, like, we're, I think a lot of people have been sort of primed to read this as they're talking about like Jenny's summer of love speech, right? Like, and how like uh, the city encouraged the, the protesters to do this, right? This right wing line. And maybe, maybe, maybe it is, it is. Uh, yeah. It's a little, as Rance is pointing out, it's a little incongruous with their pro BLM stances or whatever, but like, yeah, that's just, that's, that can just be PR. That could just be choices that they're making a different choice now, though. You know, there's just like this you would think would come from a real right wing crank, you know, not like a middle of the road opportunist. But um, the city's but like look at it another way. The city's decision subjected businesses, employees and residents of that neighborhood to extensive property damage, public safety dangers and inability to use and access their properties. This is all true. This was all of the city's doing uh, and it wasn't. You know, Jenny saying, well, you know, trying to like 
make nice and call it a summer of love and encourage like uh, people to paint the street or whatever. It was the fucking cops. Now, this may be like insane, like wishful thinking, you know, and if you read the uh, rest of the the complaint, like, I don't know, they are sort of. It, it, they do definitely complain about stuff that was being done by the protesters, right? By Chaz. Mm-hmm. By Cha, well, yeah, because they because they imply that this happened because the police weren't there. But like at the end of the day, that that is true. Well, and I think despite that, that doesn't mean that these details won't be exploited and won't be litigated if it went to trial, right? Like, you know, that as far as like, if we go by Brian's, Brian's, I think, correct um, assumption that they want money, right? Which, you know, they definitely do. um, It was still emphasized Greg's point because, you know, Carmen Best and, you know, the city have been kind of loose with information and as information came out uh it only makes that case stronger right so um no if i were molly moon like i would be using all that info if i'm trying to get you know cash from the city because there was yeah. negligence yeah. from the city side what, right what if there was is, brutal occupation from the city what if side. this is how we finally got the answer to what happened uh during the 2020 protests is because a fucking local ice cream shop tried to hold the city up for money. <laughs> they actually, that would they, rock. Like, everything tumbled that out. That would like just crack the case. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they, they'd maintain I, I, their Antifa creds. I might actually go get some vanilla and granola ice cream. Just kidding. I wouldn't get that, but I'll go to Molly Moon's and get a single scoop. No, we sh- yeah, we should do like a uh, culture war stuff and be like, I, I, I'm i buying Molly Moons only yes. for now on. Oh, like, I, oh, oh hold on. Triggered. Moody, yeah. Moody, I, I'm not going to go buy it. They just came into some money from the city. I'm going to go get it. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, if they, if they were true comrades, they would redistribute, you know. Come on. Give me give me that. Give me that double scoop. No extra charge. <laughs> Well, anyway, look, I, I don't I it's too un. it's like too obviously this is fantastical. It's too unbelievable to imagine that this is like a. The actual plan here, despite what it says in the complaint, like, but yeah, either way, I don't know. That's it, no, but like it, it doesn't matter if it's a part of the plan or not, though, Greg. Like, yeah, yeah, that is st- that scenario that you just articulated very much would happen right if they yeah. like like there's no way that is not brought up there's no way that's not yeah. if they're suing the city they're like talking about the city's actions right well, it's exactly it, why they'll settle and which is another way to look at this yeah. from the lawyers who like came to them and were like hey probably went down the block cold calling like hey we think you should sue the city why because of all this this idiot shit that's come out from the cops that the city doesn't want like litigated right yeah like yeah. They clearly, they don't want that they're like hey record. we can hold them up you can we can say all this shit that obviously implies like we're gonna drag like all the the spd records and testimony into court and uh <laughs> and then well, yeah settle you know so well greg i hope you go to bed tonight and you lathe of heaven this into existence uh <laughs> that the head of molly was actually like a weird crank and this is some like 12th dimensional chess they're playing that it does go to court because i think this would be one this would be great fodder for the show 
but also would be the funniest way for the full story to finally come out. <laughs> well, just poetic. Yeah, local ice cream crank uh, forces City at Wallet Point to uh, finally <laughs> admit to what happened. Yeah. During, I'll uh, be in that. I'll be in a courtroom every day. Yeah, we'll do live courtroom reports. If that's the case. Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> happening, but uh, I w- we would do that anyway. <laughs> well, uh, Molly Boons, they weren't the only ones having fun this week. Uh, our own mayor, Bruce Harrell, he got up, he got out, he uh, mixed it up a little bit with the local press. Uh, he came in, he let us know, look, guys, we're not doing a war on drugs, all right? We're doing a war on health. A war on quote. health? A war on health? <laughs> The man rules. Um, I don't know. Look, I keep coming back to this. He's a fucking genius. And I mean it like either. He just has the stone cold fucking instincts for this, which I think he does. And it's just that because which like, again, this is why like someone like Olga Sagan, like will just never, never even be in any kind of elected office and why Bruce Harrell is the mayor. He does have just like, ice in his vein instinct like in the moment like he but also like on whatever co- level it is conscious there is some kind of fucked up genius to calling out a war on health it exactly does like and i like on an instinctual level it exactly does what he wants right because everyone's accused everyone's accusing the city council of trying to pass and of barely failing to pass this new war on drugs like to by adopting the the state's new war on drugs and he's coming out saying well no we definitely do need to adopt that but no 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 it's not the war on drugs i'm against that it's a war on health it accomplishes everything it's like no 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 uh we're gonna do the thing we're gonna do criminalization the thing but i'm gonna rebrand it as not a war on drugs it's we're definitely thinking of somehow like the somehow conflating this like it's a hel- like they're treating it like a healthcare issue like it should be in part not a criminal issue which is exactly what he's trying to do and yet and yet it sounds so fucking ham-handed and stupid that it can't that it can't sound cynical it can't sound like political pr bullshit it's too stupid it's too uh, fl- it's too fumbled to sound like slimy, cynical, uh, pol- political bullshit. You know, it's earnestly, yeah. it's he's earnestly Kobe in the clutch. And stupid. You know, he's, he's yelling Kobe when he's shooting, um, you know, garbage into a can and swishing it every time. <laughs> yeah. He got that dog in him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. Yes, obviously, uh, the mayor, he called an emergency press conference to respond to a few things. I mean, the first obviously being that the city council's efforts to, you know, formalize the new state law, making, you know, having, you know, drugs be a misdemeanor charge, right? Uh, to formalize that in the city municipal code, uh, the city failed to do that when Andrew Lewis, uh, collapsed in the clutch he did not have that dog in him he he, he was not kobe uh with the, with the timer running out he he banged it off the back of the backboard <laughs> missing off all of his uh, business uh you know backers and things like that but that led to a minor meltdown including uh city attorney ann davison 
basically complaining to the press that the city council has now legalized all drugs in the city of Seattle. But like uh, from here on, uh, purge rule supply to narcotics in the city of Seattle. Um, so the mayor's trying to clean up a little bit after uh, his his people fumbled the bag a little. And so he calls this press conference. And I want to read you this little bit. This is for the strangest coverage. This is very funny to me. Uh, this is the first sign that maybe the co- the press conference wasn't going so hot for Harold. Harold used the conference to speak directly to the city's cops, who we'd forgive for chuckling at the mayor's muddy guarantee of a clear direction forward. Quote, our officers want clarity on what they should do. So let me be clear. They will have that clarity in the work that we're going to do in the next coming weeks. So I, I like that. Like, you know, look, let me be clear about the clarity. The clarity's coming. Clearly. <laughs> I mean, again, the instincts, but the stone cold Amazing. fucking instincts, just like mm. the confidence, the total knows exactly what to say. And his bullshit sounds like so earnest and kind of dumb that like that it passes, man. I, I love him. I got nothing but respect <laughs> for this man. No, well, that owns that. I mean, like we finally like have a, have a mayor. This is like, it's like the antithesis really to, you know, Jenny. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he, he's oh, a person who had incompetent, light years ahead, incompetent, but also wants to be there. Like, yeah. right. He, he, wants, he, to be there, he yeah. wants to be there and wants to be mayor. Like just has had that juice. It's not like he's just like getting like forced upon him. Like, he, he's loving this, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, d- to prove your point, let me read you another line from his speech, which is just, you know, chef's kiss here. So after announcing he wants a war on health, not a war on drugs, uh, it mentions that Harold got choked up and asked the question, quote, do you think for a moment I will lead this city without compassion? And uh, that's a true player right there. You know, like, He's going up in front of the press. The press thinks he's going to do one thing. He's, you know, he's zigging when they think he's going to zag. But then he he hits them with that little bit, just a, a little bit of a schmaltz, you know, a little daytime TV schmaltz. And I bet you all the press, they loved it. They were like, fuck. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. He's got um, everything, man. He's He's got every tool he need in his pocket, man. Like, he can pull out, he can cry on command like a, like a pantomime dame <laughs> now <laughs> you know this of course is all in reference to the fact that uh you know state versus blake in i believe 2019 2020 basically said that you couldn't arrest people for you know simple drug possession anymore because it was impossible to prove that the drugs were theirs and several other concerns right now that meant that the state just had to rewrite their sort of drug possession laws, which they did. And now all this stuff just has to, you know, the cities have to kind of decide how they're going to enact that. Right. So like who's going to try the drug arrests and things like that. And I guess I was curious if you guys had any theories as to why the city council kind of like failed to uh, pass this, this new you know municipal regulation that would, bring the city in line with the new state law. Well, the whole thing is the whole thing is like horseshit. It's all this like show that 
is part of the the bullshit fantasy that's that um downtown is going to be revitalized that we're going to clean up the drugs in the streets like every, the the right wing in this town just like has this fantasy that they're going to that they just needed to do this because it sounds like the right thing to do the city has never prosecuted these things ever it certainly hasn't mm. over the last 2 years uh like you can't there's never prosecuted drug misdemeanors like yeah like it's it, never yeah, happened in the years prior to the to the Blake case it, the the uh drug possession cases were being tried by the county by the county you know now part yeah. of the other reason though the next part so mainly i think this is all just like the sort of political tide of the 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 crackdown on crime nationally and by you know democratic cities like everyone's just caught up in it like uh sort of bat bat-headed ideologues like sarah nelson and like lockstep like chamber soldiers like alex peterson they're like yeah i guess this is what we do the state's doing the thing yeah great the, the city attorney the, the republican tough on crime city attorney wants to pass this law great well so some adult finally like started talking to these people on the eve of this shit and explained to them that like oh yeah like one of the one of the talking points that like uh and davison showed up with was like the the county the the county prosecutor would really like us to pass this so we can start uh you know prosecuting some of these cases to take it off their plate and everyone went like <clears throat> wait i'm sorry what uh to take oh oh right this is the county's fucking job which is why we've never done it before and the county hasn't been able to prosecute most simple possession misdemeanors forever because they can't they don't have the fucking like court space to do that or the jails to hold people in and so yeah the county's saying would you please uh would you please do this to take this some off off our docket and of course the idiot republican ideologue city attorney is going yes yes i will do that is it just because she's a like a a blind ideologue who just like wants to like prosecute this or is she a little smarter politically in a sense, but still like a radical ideologue and is thinking, yeah, there's no way we can prosecute all, all these cases. Great. Fine. Uh, so we'll do it. I'll get the win. I'll, uh, you know, get this on the books and I'll start trying to prosecute it. And then I can start fucking complaining about how we don't, the courts are backed up and we, we can't, uh, prosecute these cases we need more fucking courts or jails or whatever like it's the next step in in whatever you know like yeah so I, people find yeah, like that I, I got wise the obvious to this progression yeah yeah so oh, how cynical how like calculated that is on her part like is she just stupid and doesn't understand like her own job i i, I think it's probably a little of both like that's sort of the perfect what makes her a perfect figure for this role, you know? There's also the other problem is that the fucking idiot a week before this went down announced that she was shutting down the community court, which is one of the main like mm -hmm. like programs the city has to like deal with some of these like misdemeanors of being poor without like convicting someone of a crime or taking up a whole trial, you know, do without the standard of either having a stupid trial or like forcing a plea deal of some, 
you know, crime that's going to haunt them for the rest of their life. And, you know, if in the converse again, because she's a, just a blind ideologue is like, yeah, let's shut that shit down. No, we want all these people in jail. And she's clearly trying to that also reinforces the idea that she's trying to clog up the courts and make it a problem, you know, but like she maybe should have waited till this passed, you know, because like everyone's like, wait a minute, we need to be able to spin this like we're Oh, like we're including all these provisions for, yeah, like getting people help, you know, like, uh, oh, yeah, all that help we've got for people. We're going to have the cops, uh, you know, getting people help instead of instead of uh, crimes. This is just going to be the stick, you know, uh, that's, uh, you know, out of out of sight next to that pile of carrots we've got to offer everybody that the cops are going to be carrying around that wagon of fucking carrots, you know. And like that just really undermines that um, that she just announced she's shutting that down. Like this, this, you know, program that's not enough, but like it's doing some good for some people and keeping like these idiot, like small, uh, petty misdemeanors, like off the fucking city books, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, so to, to be clear, you know, when this was up, uh, for the city council vote, Andrew Lewis hilariously became the deciding vote and, apparently got very emotional and said that he just didn't know enough. <laughs> Couldn't vote on it. Didn't know enough. But um, members of Seattle, you know, muni court system, as well as reps from King County courts came and basically told the council, like, we don't have the capacity. Like, even if you want to do this, even if you pass this, we literally can't do it. We arrest so many people in this country. Like you're I'm going to build have more jails, right? I, I mean, think that's basically what they told him is like, if you want to do this, we're going to need a like NASA level investment in the court system. If you really want to arrest every, you know, poor person in the city, uh, which is what we're really talking about. Right. It's just arresting people for being poor. And the like, thing is, come on, bro. Not yet. We don't, we don't have the camp set up yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Right. Like, look, the, the system as you have it designed is completely full. So uh, you're, you're going to have to figure something else out, you know? And yeah, Moody, interesting you bring that up because it, ultimately that seems to be the most likely scenario. It's like, we'll just build camps. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Well, just I mean, get it, rid of the court process altogether, you know? That's the yeah, answer, le- get rid of due process. Yeah, and it leads to the question, right, given that Angela Lewis was always going to be the deciding vote, you know, for Sarah Nelson, who was the big pusher of this on the council, and for Ann Davison, uh, world-class bag fumble. And, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, Greg, about like, you know, maybe Ann Davis's long-term thing is to clog the courts and then demand, like, this is why we need concentration camps, which I could totally see, but it's like world-class yeah. bag fumble taking Absolutely. this into a council full of nerds and not being like, <laughs> we have to give them some answer. When all the when all the dorks from the courts come down here and say, we literally can't do this, we have to have an answer for that. And it seemed like they just didn't. And the answer is, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, no, yeah. we can't. Yeah, no, even just to right. say that. Like, what the answer like could have, have been? Anything. Well, I'd like to expand the community court program. So we'll be diverting some of these to that. But, like, you know, yeah. that would have been a, a great answer. What, whether it was a lie, yeah. whether it made logistical sense, like yeah. it would have been shut it down afterwards. <laughs> right. Yeah. But she, she'd already days earlier yep. announced she was shutting yep. it down. Like just, they're not sending their best. The thing is they don't need to like the no, state already Andrew passed came. the fucking law. 
the they're yeah. going to prosecute as many of these people as they can in the way they always have, which is in the fucking county court. It's right next door. What the fuck does it matter? This whole thing about putting it on the city docket is just political. It's just a it's a show to like look like they're doing something. It's it's a show for Ann Davison again, like on this like ideological crusade to to imprison poor people she's on and that show she's doing that. And it's and it's the same for Sarah Nelson. Like, there's no reason to do this. Like, what <laughs> like it's not, like it's not gonna matter. Like, if they pass this shit, who cares? Like, it's not gonna change any anything that the Seattle Police Department's doing. Of course, yeah. they would have you believe otherwise. Well, yeah, look, you know, uh, the police can refer people to the King County Courts. I mean, this whole thing was stupid to begin with, but the well, did, we've, we've got that uh, the Spog uh, press release on the matter. Yeah, so Spog had the reply to this and l- let's just uh, read it because, you know, I, I our cops, they're like the Melville of our time. So let's let's see what they got to say here. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, they be in that they've paid for the blue check mark so they can post insanely long tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle Police Officers Guild statement regarding the city council vote. This is this, this is a tweet that has its own like header. Yeah, it that, rocks. Yeah, this is this is proof that that whole thing about letting the blue checks have uh, more words was a mistake. The city of Seattle is in a public safety crisis. In reaction to yesterday's tragic council vote, Spog President Mike Solon said, quote, The majority of the current city council does not reflect the community's views regarding our public safety crisis fueled by fentanyl. Like 2020, most of the council are still controlled by unreasonable activists who do not reflect Seattle's values and push extremist agendas. I one might ask the Spog, like how they would know what anybody in Seattle wants, given that no cop lives in Seattle, but whatever. Yesterday's vote reflects that reality. The council members who reject Council Bill one, you know, you know one two zero five eight six, whatever, are out of touch and have put Seattle in a more dangerous public safety situation, and it will cost more lives. We recommend Mayor Bruce Harrell and City Attorney Ann Davison's efforts to rescue our city from a public safety collapse. And we look forward to working with future elected moderate council members. To date, the Seattle of uh, City of Seattle's police officers have lost close to 600 officers within three years. The remaining officers have been working under an expired labor contract for two and a half years. And recruitment efforts have been a failure. We want to protect all lives from the deadly grips of fentanyl. But yesterday's vote only makes that more difficult. I kind of like the way they've worded it because like we've lost 600 officers in three years, like in the context of everything we've been talking about, makes it sound like 600 cops have died from fentanyl overdoses <laughs> the last three years, which, uh, cool. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. not not what's happened. Fucking like, okay, okay, again, like, you know, we talked about this when the state passed the, the new uh, war on drugs. Uh, yeah. Which is like, the cops have what they need. This is a new law. Like it's incumbent upon the mayor, the city to say, Oh, this is our policy. Like where we're not gonna, we're gonna, you know, tell the police not to, you know, refer to these things or whatever, not to arrest for this or whatever. It's like until that, that was, you know, up, that's going to be up to Bruce Harrell to like, 
do or not do to like change now that there's this new law to apply old policies to to actually like step in and make a judgment on that now he's saying that's what he's saying in that press conference like i'm gonna offer clarity on this because and he's saying oh we need to pass this whatever he doesn't need to pass this all he needs to do is issue a policy to spd the thing is he could not do yeah. that and they could just start arresting people under the new law and refer it for prosecution to the county like they could just do that so like without the city doing anything else they could do that the next thing again the 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 city passing the law literally only affects like what court is supposed to prosecute it you know what harold can do is either come out and say here's the clarity enforce the state law arrest people and like do what it says or he can come out and say hey you know what we have a different policy uh leave people alone when they're uh doing fent on the street you know whatever he could do that um but like absent anything like that they can just do this they can just mm-hmm. and they will uh so again like it just comes down to again like the only reason to for the city to pass this is to be able to claim dysfunction at the level of the city which is politically relevant because when you say the county doesn't have the uh the money and the court you know space and the jail space to uh prosecute all these people like it's just not politically salient that's just like a oh i guess that that's a lot of people when you say the seattle is underfunding liberal progressive communist seattle is underfunding its courts just like it's underfunding its police uh you know and uh that's why we can't prosecute any of these and we have we have to release all these criminals onto the street like that's politically salient Mm. that's that's the purpose of this of wanting to pass this law yeah no an interesting question. I mean, we, we talked about this. So like when Biden came in, we decided we're all going to just do the 1990s all over again. And core to that was we're doing a, a war on crime all over again. And I, I do think that we <laughs> one of the problems with that idea always was going to be the just structural limits of how many people you can put in prison <laughs> at any one time. Uh, essentially, every prison in America is full. Like, not just full, but like past capacity. All the court systems are full. Uh, and, you know, so I, I, you know, I have some sympathy for the people at Muni and even the people at County who are coming in and saying, like, look, guys, you need to shut the fuck up. Like, we literally can't do this. Um, and I, I do kind of wonder if we've just hit a structural limit. Could we even do the prison boom that we did in the 90s again with land prices being what they are and things like that, right? Uh, which is why I think the only answer is, you know, what the city of Seattle has pushed for, you know, on Como and things like that. Republicans and conservatives in Seattle have pushed for uh, for years now. And Trump has now said it as part of his campaign thing, which is concentration camps. Like, that's the actually only answer left. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I if we're like just up against a limit and we're just seeing our idiot local politicians grind against the limit, you know, well, what? Whether it's concentration camps, 
what you will get out of the political salience of going like, look, we passed this law, but we can't prosecute these things. The cops can't arrest them. We just have to like, you know, send them on their way. We have to whatever, blah, blah, blah. The whole this whole kind of narrative is it will over time, you know, following like the narrative that's been built up over the last many years, it will further empower it will further empower the city, the police department to use other means of getting rid of people. You know, if yeah. that means if it's like, well, we can't prosecute these people, then you're going to have then you're going to have to start pushing other boundaries, which is of harassing people out of the city so that they don't come back yeah. to be arrested here. And then the cities outside of Seattle, outside you know, in King County are going to be doing the same. They're all going to be ready to do the same thing. And you are, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, that probably isn't possible. Yeah. Without like something very weird and specific, but who knows? That's what they're going to try though. I mean, like just other, other means of scaring people. Yeah, They don't have any other ideas. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't have any other ideas, and this really is about controlling, you know, undesirable, read poor populations. Um, I will give a shout out to some of the people who uh, were criticizing, you know, Sarah Nelson specifically in the council chambers of running an open air drug market. Um, it is worth noting for all the like panic over fentanyl and stuff. Uh, more people die of alcohol related illnesses in the U.S. <laughs> every year. Um, you know keep th- some things in perspective given that uh one of our uh, council members uh you know sells that shit right as i'm mm-hmm. drinking it right now but but <laughs> <laughs> but you know nice to keep some perspective on all this uh somebody should ask spog though if uh if they're the ones bringing the fentanyl in since we now know that the police unions are major importers of fentanyl for local communities yeah but uh you know all right guys well, we've been going for a while. I think it's probably good to leave it there. Uh, you guys have any? What, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, where, where in this lawsuit? First off, what do you think Molly Moons is going to uncover? What's what's your wildest speculation? My wildest speculation is not that any new information is uncovered. It's just that it somehow like in, information is uncovered in a way that makes like. Uh, some makes like the Seattle Times and maybe even national news outlets actually like cover it like in a way that makes sense. That's that's insane, though. That's not going to happen. All right, Munia, look into your crystal ball. Give us a wilder speculation. Um, They find all of Jenny Durkin's signal and text messages. And it's now like a uh, public uh, for everyone to see. Yeah, yeah, they find out she's posting butthole. All right. <laughs> the ultimate FOIA. Be careful what you wish for. I think the real the real prediction though uh of the week is that with regard to major world cities being bombarded by hellish and truly hazardous uh wildfire smoke, uh nothing is gonna happen ever. It, it was gonna fair. keep getting used to it. We're all just gonna adjust to the new reality. And we can all go fuck ourselves. For better or for worse, humans are very resilient creatures. Yeah, and, it was. Uh, they it's adapt very cu- to stuff. It, yeah, it's very cute seeing people say, particularly on the West Coast, like maybe now that's happening to New York, people will wake up and Ridiculous. it's like, good luck with that one, buddy. 
<laughs> like, guys, seriously. Can, can I mean, BB believe in that? <laughs> really? Imagine, <laughs> like, seeing what the actual reaction for a whole, whole coast experiencing that and thinking, oh, well, you know, if, if New York gets it, then then this will give the visibility we need to raise awareness. Uh <laughs> Yeah. successfully raise awareness enough to for something to happen <laughs> well i like the the idea too that like the west coast is some sort of backwater as yeah, yeah no exactly i mean that's my point most valuable real estate that's my in point um, <laughs> yeah, yeah right like, yeah extremely valuable <laughs> yeah. real estate it's like oh well what if like the other real estate market gets yeah. it like as if like the west coast isn't Arguably, like the hottest coast in the country right now, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, in terms I, of real estate prices. <laughs> I will say, you know, I, I posted a like short article about this on the Freak about uh, two years ago about how wildfires had crossed into the Arctic Circle for the first yeah. time in human history, and that fire actually creeps under the permafrost now and stays through the winter and then just reignites in the summer. Uh, if that wasn't bothering people, if people didn't have an issue with that, that like the the uh, motor for sea ice generation is also on fire. Uh, they're not going to give a shit about New York, dude. <laughs> like, nobody cares. L- nothing is so shocking no. that it's going to get people to do anything. No. Because I nobody's mean, going to get the power structure to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Capital to doing. That's what matters, you know? Yeah. Capital's in control. Uh, you know, uh, Munio, what was that thing that you saw that was like ExxonMobil's finally? Yeah. No, Shell, um, Shell recorded a record profit, I think. And um, they boosted their dividend by 15%. And in their statement, they're like, we're repivoting back to oil and gas. There um, you go. Which is, which is something that just makes me question what the hell they pivoted to before like were they on this like greenwashing pr campaign or like you know were they well what 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 weird like did they buy like a few solar panels in there you know well they were one year into a 50-year plan to pivot to to, be no no no, you know green their 50-year plan to be carbon neutral probably Uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's the big thing so they're pivoting away from carbon neutral (laughs) well they're probably like pivoting to like leaded drinking water and they're like well we're going to keep that business but also just like really concentrate on the oil and gas for a while yeah they're like we kind of like this oil and gas thing i mean i wouldn't i would been i don't you know i don't pump gas much anymore but i'm shocked because i thought that oil prices the oil per barrel was going down which it has um you know because we had those seven dollar crazy prices but the prices have kind of stayed the same with gas like they're still at five dollars which you know was ludicrous before right so it's, it's weird how that happens right where the oil price goes down the crude oil price goes down but the price we pay at the pump continues to rise meanwhile yeah. Dividends are being raised at a, uh, you know, oil and gas companies. It's, well, yeah. I remember being told somewhat straight-facedly in 2003 uh, that the country will finally wake out of its stupor and rise up once gas prices hit three dollars a gallon. So, so much for proclamations about people getting it. Uh, we're all gonna die here, people. <laughs> That's the lesson. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.